Do you want us to keep producing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there? If so, there's a way you can help. If you enjoy this show, please consider donating to help us pay for the cost of making it available. You can do so by using the PayPal link in the description of the podcast or on social media sites where we post it. Even a small donation would help. Thanks in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. Thank God that's over, and thank God VCU won. Welcome to Rams Rewind, live here in the VCU Good, the Bad, and Ugly group, delayed. Uh, the delayed because we uh, because the, uh, they wanted to get us media folks, including me, uh, to talk to uh, some of the coaches afterwards, and I actually ended up talking to both Coach Rhodes and Coach Odom, and some of the players. So it took a little while longer than I thought to uh, get going here, but I'm glad that we're uh, on and everything is working. And uh, let's talk about this win first and foremost. If you like what you hear and you want to shoot us some dinero. There is a link in the pay to, to the description in the PayPal on the various podcast platforms as I try to speak here. <laughs> Look, this was going to be a tough game no matter what. I wasn't looking forward to this at all, as everybody knows from my last pod on Friday evening after the game was over. And I won't lie, I didn't enjoy the game, although it was not for the reasons I thought. It was not because of the, all the playing Penn State bit, it was because these referees were atrocious. And I'm sorry to have to start with something negative, but I have to. The referees in this game were an absolute joke. Honest to goodness. You know, I, I don't understand what, I mean, did they think did they think it was going to be all-out warfare because of the whole Mike Rhodes left thing? That's crazy. And to officiate this game this way and have – let me see, how many ended up fouls did we end up having called in this game? It was doggone 45 fouls and 63 free throws. I don't ever want to watch a game like that. Honestly, it would make my eyes bleed to watch a game like that. Six technicals, Bruce Stevenson. Yes, six technicals. There was no reason for it. And I'll give Ryan Odom credit. You know, he wasn't playing into it at all. He was saying when when I was talking to him, most of the fouls were fouls, and it just it didn't bother him at all. Uh, Coach Rhodes was, you know, said the game was choppy, and that made it tough. And and I'm on Coach Rhodes' side there. You just it is impossible to play a good basketball game when the referees are blowing their damn whistle. And look, they missed some fouls calls. But there must have been 15 or 20 fouls that were called that didn't need to be called. Some of them were just ludicrous. Christian Fermin did not flipping deserve to be fouled out of the game. I mean, come on. He committed maybe one, maybe two real fouls. Oh, golly, Moses. Well, the technicals, Bruce Stevenson, you know what's funny? So the lady that gives us the coaches was standing down there when when Kawani got the technical. He didn't even say anything. She said it was like a guttural noise. But because it was right after Dunn got a tech for yelling at somebody, 
these imbeciles gave him a tech. And then the other one, when they reversed the call, all the guy, it was the end of the bench, and all they said was, that's our ball, is what she told us. And I, <laughs> it, it just beggars belief that you can have a game like that. I don't know what these guys expected. I don't know why they thought it was going to be called, what they thought was going to happen. But seriously, this could have been a really good basketball game, even under the circumstances, and they ruined it. And I am just glad that VCU won it because I might be talking about this for another 15 seconds. And, and you know what, Bruce Stevenson, before we get to the good stuff, yes, they call that goaltending, and as far as I could tell, they never looked at it once. That was not a goaltend. And the re and the replay, and um, amazingly, they showed the replay and everybody saw it, and the people sitting behind me uh, on the front row were saying, oh, no, that isn't a goaltend. It wasn't. So what, what's going on here that they're reversing goaltends that go in our favor and not even looking at the ones that go against us that are wrong? I don't know. Now, let's try to get that energy out and let's get to the positives. There are so many positives here. Fats Billups, absolutely amazing. More points in this game than I'm pretty sure he has scored in his entire career up to now. Eight for nine from the field, and you know what? And I asked, I asked Coach Bill, I asked Phillips this, and I asked Coach Odom this about was it just as simple as seeing the ball go in the hole? You know, Coach Phillips because he, I mean, Coach Bill, Fats Phillips because he's such a humble kid. It's like, you know, I'm, I want to credit my coaches and my teammates and all that. And, and it was interesting. Coach Odom was like, "We've seen that in practice. We've seen that in practice that he can do stuff like that." And it's just a matter of translating it to the court. Well, it translated to the court today. And you look at the way they shot this ball in this game. 7 of 11 from 3 in the second half. And a couple of them were no-no, yes shots. These Fats Phillips threes were almost all of them were assisted. And the one in the corner by, down by where the VCU bench was. Shulga drives in in transition, makes the right decision, kicks it out. And I don't even know who it was. It was either Bell or Zeb Jackson. Bullet pass into the corner for Zeb, and that sucker goes in. That was a thing of beauty, an absolute thing of beauty. And obviously, that's his spot. And it doesn't matter which corner it is for, for Fats Phillips. Either corner, that's his spot. So that's something they got to think about. And for him to step up like that with Jason Nelson out, absolutely marvelous. And you have to say, you know, they don't know how – they as, uh, Coach Odom was asked about Jason Nelson's availability and, you know, how long he's going to be out with this hand, thumb, whatever it is. They're, gonna, they're not sure. So, you know, Fats Phillips is going to be playing. He's going to be playing. But what kind of options does that give VCU when you have Zeb, when you have Shulga, when you have Fats, when you have Bearstow, when he comes back? You've got options. You've got a lot of different ways you can play. And, and you know, Coach Odom said it when we were all talking to him, versatility. VCU has a lot of it and can play a lot of lineups. And you think about this. Shulga gets 19 points, but he's only 4 for 10. He only hits 1-3. And they still win and almost get 90. You know, doggone, doggone Zeb was 8 of 18, which is not bad. But he's only 2 for 5 from 3, and they still win. And let's talk about Zeb for a moment. 22.7 boards, six assists, another triple nickel. You know, I, I 
I there was someone that was those two threes he made. I didn't like either shot, but they went in. But when he's slashing to the basket, that is when he's real trouble. And it was just good to see him get back in the assists thing because I wonder if that is the we talked I would we talked about it on Friday. I wonder if that is the best situation for them is Zeb getting the assists and then Sholga kind of doing more of the scoring. And no Jason Coppinger. We are not having no doggone celebratory tequila over a seventh place game, even if it is against our former coach. No, 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 no. And yeah, well, Bruce, it, it, here's, and here's the other thing about Sholga. He only took the four threes tonight because what the heck? After the first 10 minutes of the game, if you were driving the paint, you were going to get foul calls. So Sholga's like, okay. He, he, he was thinking drive, drive, drive. And what happens? He goes to the foul line 10 times and makes them all. Makes every single one of them. And again, here's another game where if VCU has a bad night at the foul line, this could have got real interesting at the end. Instead, 22 for 28. And you know it's it's got to be a real sickener for Penn State because this could have been a much been more interesting game at the end for them. They got to the line 35 times, and 23 of 35, and they were 10 for 17 in the second half. Uh, so let's you know let's say that Michael Bell got to talk about Michael Bell because again he is a weapon, especially defensively. Coach Odom talked about it. He can guard four positions. You know he's guarding he's guarding Ace who went crazy today, but he's also guarding their power forward. And again, in a game where VCU wins the rebounding battle by seven, 36-29, he has nine boards. That leads everybody uh, 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 in the game. He's the high rebounder. He just missed the double double with seven points and and seven points and nine rebounds. And he throws a couple of assists in too. You know, tremendous tremendous game from Michael Bell. The ceiling on him, there's no telling, honestly, in my opinion. There's no telling what the ceiling is. Um, Bill Baldacci, he can't play Havoc right now. He can't. You know, he said it He said it when he was talking to uh, to all of us real quick. You know, this his team's a work in progress. And, you know, maybe that Happy Valley Havoc thing was kind of a curse on him a little bit. Um they had they've had three awful games defensively down here, and and I mean remember Penn State scored seventy seven on Thursday, seventy eight on Friday, and seventy four today, and they didn't even come close to winning any of those games. Well, Jason, he he did, and bless him for it. You know, I think he needed a few minutes because I know that had to hurt losing to his former school like that. In a game that was very emotional, but he did give us a couple of minutes, which was very nice of him. Um, <laughs> Bruce Stevenson, if there's a ceiling, Lawal will jump through it. It's the truth. And I'm telling you, you it's hard for me to put it into words, the the, the, the difficulty teams are going to have with Lawal, because you, you see it on video and you think he's got length and all that, but you don't know until you play it. He, he's got such long arms. Some of the Penn State fans behind me are hollering over the back because he gets his hand on the ball on a rebound. It's not over the back. He just has those arms of that long. It's go-go gadget arms. And seriously, the things that young man can do, there ain't a lot of guys that can do them because there ain't a lot of guys with that size and there ain't a lot of guys with that length. 
and it's absolutely incredible uh, uh, what he's done, what what he can do out there. And you know, a couple big flushes. Oh, and that's the other thing. How about the fact? So we we get a we get a Lawal flush, which was great. We get a Shulga flush. I wasn't expecting that. A little chin up from Shulga. How did you like that one, folks? Holy mackerel, Bruce. I'm going to give VCU a pass on the turnovers today because they committed three or four of those right near the end when the game was decided. You know, VCU didn't make a basket for almost the last four minutes, and that's when they had three or four of those turnovers. They did a good job. And honestly, you know, Daniel Carter, I, I, I waxed lyrical on the officiating, so you can go back and listen to it later. I just went on about how terrible the officiating was. That contributed to the turnovers because – I don't care how good a basketball team you are. I don't care how well drilled you are, how well coached you are. There is no way you can get into any kind of a rhythm on offense, really on defense too, but on offense, when you have a whistle going off that much. And you know, and Coach Rhodes brought up a good point when we talked to him. There were issues with the clock and just stoppages for no reason throughout the freaking weekend for him and it was all three games and he's right about that i was at all three games he's absolutely right about that and you just you it's hard to function i'm sorry it's hard to function and i and and that's where i give ryan modem credit you know the answer to my question about that he was he wasn't chipping into it at all and let me tell you something ryan odom i know we've been frustrated and a lot of fans in our group have been frustrated with his coaching the way he handled this roster today, given the situations with no Nelson and the other people who are already missing and the ludicrous foul trouble, he handled this roster beautifully today. And yes, it helped that Billups had the game of his career and all that, and you can't possibly legislate for it. But Wheeler had to get in there, and he got a basket, and he unfortunately got a technical, and he had some unlucky foul calls against him. But Wheeler made some contributions. You know, they got they got some minutes out of Kawani, and he had a couple of contributions as well. Although again, he got a tech also. You know, they they really he handled it. He got Shulga the rest when he needed it, even though he played 37 minutes. He got Zeb off the floor at certain times as well. I thought Ryan Odom was masterful in dealing with the issues that we had today. And, and he deserves a ton of credit because, you know, and, and I have to say, Zeb Jackson, I asked, I asked everybody about the, the whole thing with the referees. Zeb, action, Zeb Jackson had a great answer about, you know, we just can't control it. We just have to do what we do. Um, and, and, and we tried not to worry about it today. And I agree with you, Bruce Stevenson. It was flawless. And Paul Seward, yes, that's a fair, that's a fair point. But again, you know, with all the foul trouble, this thing could have gone. This thing could have gone horribly wrong. You know, Fermin fouls out and plays 17 minutes, and yet, and yet they they were able to win this game. And I'm not sure you could have said that before we came down here. You know, Wheeler had four fouls. Lawal had four fouls. I mean, if this thing had been close, it could have been a real problem. They could have had to play real small. And look, Kudus Wahab ends up with probably his best game, 14 points. But honestly, how could you play defense on Kudus Wahab or Ace Baldwin when every time you tried, there's a whistle? It's great. It was absolutely ludicrous how that went on today. But I want to give VCU 
a ton of credit for finding their way through it because it's hard to do that. Um, you know, it, a lot of teams, a lot of teams struggle with that. Most teams struggle with that. Most teams should, and um, they just—I'm so proud of them at the way they came through. And Daniel Carter, there are things to build on. Number one, here's what we know: VCU's defense is legit. Yes, they gave up 74 points to Penn State today. They didn't, they're not going to give up 70 to many teams this year. I think that's only the second time that they've given up 70 in a game now, as I look. Yeah, they gave up 76 to McNeese State on opening night, and and I think that's going to be the benchmark, and I don't think they're going to be giving up that many points a lot. And let's give Penn State credit. They got weapons. You know, Ace was absolutely on fire today for stretches of that game. You know, he ends up with 27. And remember, Kanye Clary, who who honestly would have been an all-tournament team for me going into this game, he gets hurt and doesn't play, and they still get 74. You know, David Dunn, the foul trouble hurt him, and frankly, he I, I think Coach Rhodes was frustrated with him, and so he took him out for a long time after he hit those two threes. I think that hurt Penn State. I think he needed to play more. But look, we know this defense is legitimate. That's the first thing, Daniel Carter and everybody else. But what we also know is that this team is made of tough stuff. Now, yes, they didn't close those games out, and that's frustrating. But you've got a you've got a platform to build on. And remember, you're going to have you know they didn't have Jason Nelson today. You're going to get him back hopefully. The Barstow injury. Somebody asked it in the in the thread just now. My understanding is is that he is possible for Norfolk State. Now, if it's me, there's some there's some thought that it might be Memphis. I don't like the idea of throwing Barstow into a game as big as Memphis because I think that's a pretty tough situation to be thrown into. That is a massive game now because we didn't do as well down here as we hoped. That's a game VCU really, really needs to win. So if it's me, and again, you know, I, I'm not the coach. If you can't play Norfolk State, I'd almost hold them out against Memphis and then have them for Alcorn State and after. Because, again, I think you've got to ease Barristow back in, and Memphis is not an easing game. That is going to be a game with a lot on the line for the Rams. So I think that's a very tough game to have its first game in. But, again, that may be dictated by injuries. You know, if Jason Nelson's not available – and Bearstow can go, they're probably going to need him. So that's that's something that they've got to talk about. And no, Bradley Heath, I am not having any alcohol. I have two and a half hours to drive back to Sarasota after I watch, hopefully, Tech pull this off against Florida Atlantic, for goodness sake. You know, and, and Stephen Jones, that's right. This team is a work in progress, but i got to say – I think this weekend, despite the two losses, has advanced the ball forward significantly. I think if they can if they can come back and play to the level that I think they are, there is no reason that they couldn't win the rest of these non-conference games. And if they do win the rest of these non-conference games, you're going to have a lot of momentum going in the conference play. The big thing is, even though it's not a road hostile environment, 
they faced some difficult moments that will serve them when we, they get to the road hostile environment. So thank goodness they had this tournament and had to face some adversity and go through that. And it was another interesting point that uh, that, that Coach Odom made, uh, too, about the fact that, you know, somebody that one of the guys asked him about the, the, the coming, you know, coming together on these trips like they did in the Greece uh, in the Greece uh, tri- trip. You know, that was a really good bonding experience. And what kind of bonding experience was that? That was this. And he made the point that, you know, both of those were great. But this this was even better because, you know, they had to face some adversity down here. And they did, you know, losing those two games the way they did. You know, that's tough especially when you know you could have won them both. And you see the team that you played, that you could have played Virginia Tech in the final, and, you know, here we are. They were at the under-four timeout in the first half, and they're down one, and you think, that could have been us. So that's that had to be tough. But, I mean, I think that they, you know, I think this has brought them closer together, and that's just massive because, you know, that kind of unity this quick, is hard to get, and it's and it and it's the signs of a great locker room, and it's the signs of a coach staff who's doing a great job with them. All right, so all of that aside, they come out of here with a win, thank goodness, because that was you know an zero and three thing. I didn't even want to contemplate uh, an zero and three trip down here, so I'm just thrilled that they got this win. So now it's Norfolk State with one of my favorite guys in coaching, Robert Jones who's a heck of a coach. Norfolk State is going to be right in the mix in the Mid Eastern Athletic Conference. They've played a tough schedule. Uh, you know, they were at Wichita State the other night, and they had that game within four points about halfway through the second half. You know, that's going to be tough. And this break that they're going to get, I think it's a six-day break now because I think we're not playing until Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Oh, no, we're playing Friday night, so it's a five-day break. That's going to be necessary they're going to have to play well against Norfolk State. If you, if you, if they take them lightly at all, they're going to regret it. Because I'm telling you, Norfolk State, and they are, they are going to be, they're an extremely good chance of winning that league this year. So VCU's got to be on their P's and Q's, and hopefully they have Nelson. Maybe they even have Barristow, but if they don't. You know, again, these guys like Phillips are going to have to step up. They're going to have to play a lot of minutes, Wheeler too, and we'll see what happens. So for, it is since it is Friday and I am working, we'll see. I hope I'm off in time, and they'll be just as we've done today, live video, no problem, all that good stuff. But I don't know. I can't promise that because, again, I'm working Friday, and, you know, sometimes I get off at 6, and sometimes I don't get off till almost 8. You just never know with, with uh, how many how many stops you got to make uh, during the day. And yes, John O'Neill. Here's the other thing, John O'Neill. Thank you so much. Today was the start of Tales from the Non-Conference. You know, which is a feature we have as part of this group. If you're not part of the Good and Magly Ugly group, you should be, because we keep track on our A10 brethren, but we also keep track on our non-conference as well. Yes, I know it's going to be hard for some of you out there. You bet your tail I'm rooting for Penn State to be good. You bet your tail I'm rooting for Iowa State to be good and for doggone Boise State to be good because, yes, I know VCU lost to the first two and only beat the third one. But, again, if those teams are NCAA tournament-level teams again, as they were last year, that is going to look good on our resume. They're going to see that, hey, VCU was in the lead in both games in the second half, 
And in the case of Iowa State, they were in the lead in the last two minutes of the game. And they're going to say, hey, maybe VCU is a pretty good tournament-level team. So, yes, root for your non-conference opponents. You want to see McNeese State keep on rolling. You want to see uh, Sanford do well in the Southern, Radford do well in the doggone Big South. And how about Radford the other night almost knocking over James Madison? Radford's pretty good. So that's what we're looking for. We need that. We need that desperately. So Friday, hopefully a live video with the, with the, with the podcast. If not, the podcast will be out Saturday morning for you before all the college football and all that other stuff. I want to thank everybody in the game thread for the comments. Thank goodness the equipment worked. I want to thank everybody in our in our in, in the uh, in the uh, video thread for the comments. They're great as always. Again, if you want to help us out and give us some support, shoot us some dinero. There's a link to the PayPal. We really appreciate it. Hopefully, I'll see you guys live in here on Friday, Saturday podcast land. Thank you all for for chiming in. Thank you for all the comments. Thank you everybody for listening. Have a good uh, day, night, afternoon, wherever you are. Talk to you later. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.